Today, we're going to start a three-part series on Psalm 23. In a few minutes, when I stand up and read the passage, we're going to be reading it from the New King James Version. We usually use the um, Christian Standard Bible, which is the Lifeway uh, Southern Baptist Translation. Uh, but because this is such a familiar psalm, and because most of us memorized it in King James, uh, we tried to find a little more familiar uh, translation that you could pick up easily because at the end of this month, you will have memorized Psalm 23. Uh, that's one of our goals. And so you're going to get a big dose of this thing uh, for, uh, for the next coming weeks. So when you see the different translation, that's why, and that's why uh, we want to give it to you that way so it becomes a little easier for you to pick up a little easier for you to memorize. Uh, in John, the Gospel of John, there are seven I am statements. Uh, now, the I am statements are significant. It's kind of one of the things that John hangs the rest of the book on. But the I am statements were significant for Jesus. One, because he goes back to the I am statement of God before Moses. When Moses demands to know God's name, who will I say sent me? I'm going to go and nobody's going to believe me. God says, I am who I am. It's called the name, uh, Yahweh. You'll see it, Y-W-A-H. Uh, so, J, I forget, forget the Hebrew. Been a long time since I did Hebrew. Uh, uh, but I did better in Hebrew than Greek, believe it or not. So, uh, uh, it was, and it wasn't, it wasn't mentioned. It was always switched. Uh, when the Hebrews would come to the word Yahweh, they would switch it with Adonai. And uh, you didn't say the name. So when Jesus said, I am, the religious leaders around him knew exactly what he was saying. He was claiming to be God. And he put seven word pictures after that. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. And one of them was, I am the good shepherd. And when he picked up that phrase, good shepherd, he, he picked up a long line of images throughout the Bible of God as the shepherd of his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. He is our shepherd. He was picking up an image that everybody around him would have been familiar with. Everybody would have known. There were lots of shepherds around Jesus. There were lots of people who were familiar with that lifestyle and what that meant. So he's picking up a very, very old image. And one of those images, and, and that image was informed by this very familiar psalm, Psalm 23. Stand with me in honor of God's word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. This is God's word for God's people. 
hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. We live in a world that is frantic in its pace, desperate in its thinking. So we pray in this moment of worship that you would calm our hearts the way you calm the sea. You would calm our minds the way you calm creation. And so we would leave here content and focused, hopeful and peaceful, knowing we are the sheep of your pasture, and you are indeed our shepherd. And we pray this in your name. Amen. When I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, we would always have these presentations by futurists, people who would study the future and come and tell us what the future was going to be like. Just let me tell you this, they missed it. Okay. Uh, we were going to have flying cars. Uh, we were going to have robots cleaning our houses. Uh, we were going to have all kind of information available at our, at our fingertips. Uh, we were going to be able to be transported from one place to another place in a matter of seconds. No more jet lag. Uh, no more. We were going to be living on the moon. And not only would we be visiting there, we'd actually have a colony on the moon. We'd have people working there and people working in space. And we were going to colonize Mars and on and on the list goes. We were going to live, if you remember the old cartoon, like the Jetsons. Didn't turn out that way, did it? Not at all. For all of our time-saving gadgets. Do y'all remember that? When they brought the first computer to your office? How much time it was going to save you? That's what they told you. Do you remember your first phone? It was the size of a brick. Huh? And how much easier it was going to make your life? How many of you just this past week said to yourself, if I could throw this phone in the river, I would do it. Now, that's just the inconvenience. Now we're finding out that every time you make a phone call, somebody knows it. Not just the person you were calling but somebody that you may not want knowing who you called, they have a record of it. They have a record of every website you've been on. They have a record of every financial uh, transaction you ever had. People somewhere and on some big computer know everything you've ever done. They own that information. Have you ever wondered how sometimes you can be thinking about something and an ad for that very thing will pop up on your web browser? Now, here's what's spooky. It used to be we would know it if we had typed that word in somewhere. Now, if you think it. Did you know that in a, a recent murder investigation, 
Alexa was subpoenaed? <laughs> this is true. There was a murder in the home, and the police think that the Amazon device may have been listening and heard the crime. We can find you. We have now figured out that the phone is nothing more than an electronic leash. It used to be that middle management could go on vacation and upper management couldn't get hold of you. Now, we can find you no matter where you are. Jim Baker, our former executive uh, pastor, uh, used to vacation in the middle of nowhere. Deserts, mountains, and he would send back pictures of him on vacation. I would wonder, Jim, who took the picture? The bear? There's nobody out there. I accused him of going to the Verizon store and finding that little white area where there was no coverage, and that's where he would vacation. We're so desperate to get away from this constant, constant pressure. Now we're finding out that social media, all of the things that we read about on Facebook and Instagram and and, and, and Snapchat and all those things are not only not helpful, they are in some ways dangerous because people lie on those things. Is that news to you? Okay. And we start comparing ourselves to these people's lives and we realize we're not as pretty, we're not as rich, we're, uh, we're not as cool, we're not as this, we're not as that. And it has thrown a generation now into a lot of depression because they see every day in front of them what they cannot be, what they cannot do. And it is devastating to our young people. We can't read. We've lost the ability to comprehend. If you can't say it in emojis, we don't know if you'll get it. Okay? When I study preaching, and I study the great preachers like Spurgeon, John Wesley, do you know those guys regularly preached for two hours at a time? I'm not, okay? I see what you're thinking, like, oh, Jesus, Jesus. Okay? A recent survey by Google said that when somebody calls up a website, do you know how long it is before they decide to move on or stay? Eight seconds. The adult attention span is now eight seconds long. go out into the world and we realize we're not in control. Somebody else making decisions. We're hoping somebody else makes decisions. Now we realize it's some kind of computer program that's making the decision. And now these computers are making decisions about your health care. 
about your job. And we're worried. We don't like the way our world is working now. Uh, we are divided to us and them. We know who our us's are and we know who the them's are. We, we're not sure what the them's want to accomplish. And so we're suspicious. We're hateful. We're very protective of our own identities and, and thoughts. And, and, and we fight with each other all because we're all very scared that I have to hold on to what I have and that you're trying to take it. And we're worried, but we don't know what we're worried about. Uh, is somebody going to come into our home and hurt us? Uh, well, we don't know how. We've got every room on camera. Uh, we've got a doorbell that'll talk to you now. Uh, is somebody going to come and, and take our money out of the bank? Well, they could. Some guy in, in Russia or Ukraine or something can break a code and and it, we, we don't know how to prevent that. You can't go sit on the computer at the bank and guard it like you can gold. Who's talking to our children? We don't know. And my mother would tell me, you don't hang around that guy. But mom, but nothing. Did you ever get the but nothing? But mom, but nothing. I said you don't hang around. Why? He's not going anywhere and he'll take you to nowhere with him. We controlled who our kids hung around with. We controlled with it. Now you can't. If you wanted pornography when I was a kid, you had to go to the other side of town. Everything bad was on the other side of town. Okay? And the whole adventure of getting to the other side of town was getting to the other side of town and back without your mom and dad knowing about it or one of their friends seeing you. And they didn't have to know what you were doing. They just knew you were on the other side of town. I saw your boy on the other side of town, John. That's all they have to say. You were up to no good if you're on the other side of town. Now, a couple of clicks, hit enter, and the other side of town comes right here. And we're worried and we're anxious. And we don't know what to do. So we worry all the time. A friend of mine told me one time, said, worry is like a rocking chair. You feel like you're moving, you're just not going anywhere. We don't sleep. Some of us get into addictions. We're trying to calm the anxiety. And then you hear this familiar psalm. Oh, yeah, Mike, we know that song. We've, we've heard it a lot. You've heard it so much that you don't pay attention to it. Now, we're going to spend three weeks on it, so I have to be, I have to be real, real, real careful not to preach all three sermons right now. 
because uh, I'm really excited about what's coming up. But I want, you to, I want you to know two things today. Here's the first thing I want you to know. Here's what I want you walking out of here with. This, only this. The Lord is my shepherd. That's it. The Lord is my shepherd. I want you to repeat that to yourself throughout this coming week. Make it your prayer. Make it your declaration. Make it, make it uh, your song. I don't care how you do it in your life. Just make it so that you remind yourself over and over and over again, the Lord is my shepherd. Everything else in Psalm 23 is a consequence of or a desert, desert, de you ever had one of those days? <laughs> direct, that's the word I'm looking for. Or a direct consequence of the Lord being our shepherd. Still waters, quiet places, rod and staff, all of that comes from the Lord being our shepherd. The rest of it is detail. The message is, the Lord is our shepherd. Now, what does that mean if the Lord is our shepherd? Here's a second thing I want you to remember. We're sheep. We're the sheep of his pasture. We're one of Jesus' little lambs. Folks, that's not a compliment. Think about it. You go to the circus, there are trained elephants. There are trained tigers, there are trained lions, there are trained dogs, there are even trained cats. Have you ever seen a show of trained sheep? Get on YouTube, you'll see cute cat videos, cute puppy videos, cute bird videos. You won't see anything about sheep. Now, you'll see something about goats, and usually the goats is trying to run down a child at a petting zoo. <laughs> but you won't see anybody putting up a, uh, a video going, hey, this is my cute sheep, or here's my pet sheep, or watch what my pet, see how my pet sheep can fetch the paper. Doesn't happen. Why? Sheep are dumber than rocks. So when Jesus says to you, you are the sheep of my pasture, it's not a compliment. It's true. But it's not a compliment. Think about sheep. They're not real strong. They're not real brave. They are desperate to stay with the herd, to stay with the flock. They get really panicky if they get off by themselves. They'll do anything to fit in. They have to be led to food. They can't find it on their own. 
They have to be real careful about what kind of stream, the leading by the still waters. Because if a sheep gets too thirsty, he'll stand too close to rushing water. The wool will get wet and heavy. And have you ever tried to swim in a sweater? Well, the sheep can't either. And they'll drown. That's us. Now, a lot of our anxiety would be relieved if we could just say to ourselves and accept we are indeed sheep. And because we are sheep, there's a lot to be afraid of. There are bears out there. There are lions out there. There are things that will kill and eat sheep. We know that, but we're not strong enough to fight back. Nothing in this psalm is anything that a sheep does. Okay? The sheep doesn't find the still water. The sheep doesn't find the pasture. The sheep doesn't carry the rod and the staff. None of that. That's all the shepherd. The one job of the sheep is to stay close to the shepherd. That's it. I don't have to fight the bear. I don't have to fight the lion. I don't have to worry about water or food. I have to stay close to the shepherd. That's it. Now, some of you think prayer is about getting what you want. And so you'll do everything to dress your life up so that you'll be impressive when you go to pray and the Lord will give you what you want. Nothing could be further from the truth. The entire purpose of prayer is presence. The entire purpose of prayer is to get close to Jesus, period. When you do that and you start knowing his heart and you start knowing his mind, what happens is you start thinking, wow, I like what Jesus has. I want what Jesus has. I want to learn to think that way. I want to learn to love that way. I want what Jesus wants. He changes what you want so that you begin to pray who he is. The whole purpose is to get near the shepherd. That's it. So when you get worried about the bears, now, no, no, no. there are real bears, okay? We're not making this up. There are real lions. There are real dangers. We're not making any of that up. But when you get worried in bed at night about how you're going to deal with all this, the only thing you need to remember is the Lord is my shepherd, and my only job is to stay close to the shepherd. That's all. Well, Mike, well, what happens when the bear comes? Shepherd takes care of it. Well, what happens when the lion attacks? Shepherd takes care of it. The sheep never jump up and go, fellow sheep, let's join together and take on the bear. No. Sheep run. The shepherd steps up. Stay close. 
to the shepherd. That's it. The Lord is my shepherd. That's it. Everything else is a consequence of, directly related to, that one statement. So these next three weeks, we're going to memorize an entire psalm. But this coming week, I only want you to work on the first part of the first verse. I don't want to stress you as we get started. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you do that? Let's try it. Just, okay, we're just going to ease into it now, okay? Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. The only job of the sheep is to stay close to the shepherd. Let's pray together. With your head's bowed and your eyes closed, it just... Just take a deep breath. Inhale. Yes, I know there are real problems. Yes, I know you have this and I know you have that. But none of them are bigger than Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. None of your problems, none of your issues, none of your failures are bigger than Jesus. So for some of you, it's just going to be a quiet time of remembering. The Lord is my shepherd. Others of you, it's going to be a time of refocusing. Getting back close to the shepherd. For some of you, it's going to be that first statement. That I want Jesus to be my shepherd. And you may not know all that that means and all, and how you do I understand that. Because we're saying a whole lot, just a handful of words. That's why our counselors have already gone out to the table. You'll see a big sign that says next steps. They want to help you get that next step so you will know today that the Lord is your shepherd. Your only job is to stay close to the shepherd. Lord Jesus, every life is now open before you, every heart. So we pray now the choices we make are exactly what you want. <laughs>